Colleges of Fantasy, high school really prepares you for the work life. Hi, this is episode 161 of the Get a Job in Tech podcast. I'm Gary McNeely. This is IT Johnny. Hey, IT Johnny. How's it going, Gary? Good, nice good. Day. Thank you, sir. So high school really prepares you for work life. And interestingly enough, I think that's that's maybe the good uh, good talking point. High school obviously follows a structure and follows a process and has a lot of checks and balances, if you will, in it, whereas college is like, okay, you take whatever. Now, now on that point, there's a person I know. He has a college degree, a double E. He works at Walmart. He took a college, sorry, he took a CCNA course. It was uh, maybe six months long, something like that. He got his CCNA, but he still works at Walmart. Now, my question to you is, what, how does one get a job as a CCNA knowing nothing? How do they get it? How does it work? What does a CCNA typically do? Can you explain that? So when you're talking about a CCNA, uh, and I guess in more reference to your friend here, um, did he just get into to networking out of nowhere? Like he didn't know anything of IT or networking at all? Or did he have any IT experience at all? Or just first time getting into IT? My knowledge, he only had a double E, and then he worked at Walmart and electronic degree, and then he didn't have really any experience with networking. And then he, he went to a course, they learned, they taught him CCNA, and then he took his CCNA and got it. Okay, so he's like fresh in the water for IT or networking in a sense. That's right. Um, and so, yeah, so do you know, so do you know as, as far as that is concerned, do you know any kind of training that he did do as far as networking? Like, did he do hands-on training or is it all just reading textbooks, uh, things of that nature? He explained to me that he had the instructor had a PowerPoint presentation and explained whatever it is that they explained in the CCNA course. And they had a little bit of like packet tracer, I think they used, and that was it. And then he went and took the test in the lab or the test for CCNA and he passed it. Okay, so he had a little bit of little bit of lab, not lab, but you know, yeah, like packet treasure. That's, that's decent little amount. So they got some work in there, at least commands and stuff. Okay. Um, so do you know if he had any, no actual real, real world experience as far as you know, in IT or networking? Not in networking, not in IT, but in electrical engineering work, okay. such as like that type of stuff, electrical work. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, and the reason I'm asking these questions is it's mainly just because there's a, um, obviously, a, it's sort of, you know, you don't just jump right in and get like, you know, the top, top job as far as um, what you're expected to do. But there is, um, I want to say steps to getting um, like low level jobs to, you know, to a little bit higher than low level jobs to mid level jobs to, you know, more, more administrators, senior level jobs to engineer and, and an architect in that nature. But because um, you, you can get right into networking and get a decent, you know, job that's not even entry level, right? Um, how can you get a job in networking? Is that the question I'm guessing? We, that, that was a... That's right. How do, what are the steps like? What strategies can he use so, to get? And what type of jobs is it should he be looking for? <clears throat> the strategies I would say is you need to know what these companies uh, are looking for. And first of all, what companies are even out there hiring 
for networking to begin with um, or IT in general. Um, you don't have to just, if, if, you're, if you're strictly want a networking job or any job in IT in general, I'm not just gonna speak on networking, this is more just broad in sense. If you want any odd job in IT, the first thing to do is just get in the door, right? Um, and of course you wanna get on a certain path. And since that's what you trained in networking, that's probably gonna be easiest path, path for you, uh, at least for your friend here. Now, again, you need, you need to know what these companies are looking for and be able to gauge your comfort level and also willing to go above your comfort level, you know, meaning give yourself a little challenge if, if, if so be it to see what these companies are looking for. Um, but how do you find these companies? I guess is the question that everybody has. Um, so here's what you need to do. Well, let's first do this. Why did he want to get into, because everybody's different, you know? So we need to know what, what drove him to get into networking, specifically networking and or just IT, or do you, if, if you have that information? I think he got into it. Uh, my assumption is he got into it based on talking to him is because it's a, it's a career path that he can take. And he's seen a lot of other individuals go that path. He says, okay, I want to, I want to go and do that. It seems like it's okay job. It's a stable income. Let me go ahead and do that. And it's a, a lot of room for growth. Okay. That's perfect. You're grooming for growth and seeing other people do it and caught his interest and so he went for it and, and got some search in it. Perfect. Um, well, in his case, he has the drive, you know, so it's not going to be much convincing needed. So with, to him to get a job in IT and networking, first of all, he needs to understand what kind of jobs are out there in networking. And he since he's entry level, he needs to understand what kind of jobs entry level are out there as well. And that, that doesn't mean he can't go look at higher level jobs in networking. I would say do that as well, because that can help you better understand what you, you need to start, you know, picking up on as far as learning to get better. But what you need to do is, well, he's, yes, you say he's at Walmart, correct? Yeah, that's right. He works at Walmart. He works in the, he works nights now. He used to work mornings, but now he works night shifts. Okay. And I'm not sure how Walmart is structured as far as their IT uh, department or IS department. But uh, I, I can assure you that they have networking positions open. Um, now, whether that's going to be corporate, branch-based, uh, local, I don't know. But one thing, see, if you're already working at a company, especially when it's big as Walmart. Now, if you're working at somebody that's small, like a local um, mom-and-pop shop or just a might be a franchise um might be a franchise, but it may, may not be like a very big, big franchise. Maybe it's just like a, a state franchise and maybe, it's maybe maybe that chain or whatever it is is only ran in that state or maybe in that city. Maybe then then they have lower job opportunities for a network engineer or just any IT or IS. But Walmart has corporate and a lot of jobs that they would have a network. So one thing he could do is go on Walmart's companies internally. He's, he, he's an employee internally. And I'll say this for anybody who has trying to get into a new field of industry in any, uh, for any job, look at your current company, see their structure, see if, especially if it's a big company at Walmart and start scouring their jobs they have within the company. But usually they prefer employees of that company before they consider outside uh, people. Even if it's completely different uh, career path, career field. So one thing I would do is talk to your managers 
see if there's anything local that you could find and see if they'll help you out getting something, you know, for one of the departments or divisions that is looking for networking uh, positions or things of that nature. Because some companies still have network administrator jobs or network analyst jobs or, or things of that nature, right? Or even like security analysts and whatnot. And let's say you're like a, a an administrator, right? And they have like a network or you're like a, you're a network administrator, right? And they have like a, a network um, one guy, right? And you're trying to get that job. Some companies be like, no, you're overqualified for that, for what you're trying to do. So they want to pay you. They don't want to get you for that position because they want somebody who's entry. They want like an entry level person to get that job. So even for people who are established in the company, they'll want entry level positions or people for entry level positions. Even if you're tasked and more than skilled to do it, they still want somebody entry level. So if there's entry levels at Walmart, I would go look there first for him to get a job in networking. But if not, that's not the end of all for your friend there. Lucky for him, all he has to do is go online, look up certain companies and see what jobs they offer and see what he would be willing and feel comfortable with doing as far as the job description goes. And since he already has to drive, as you can tell, he's got the cert, it shouldn't be hard for him to see what a company's looking for and look at that thing that they're looking for and see if he understands what they're looking for, see if he can think he can do it or feel that he can do it uh, based on what he's already learned. Um, and that's the first step in trying to go about to see to, to even know who's looking for networking jobs or uh, people to hire in the networking field or any field for that matter, really. He needs to see what companies are looking for networking and see what they're looking for. First, he should start with his own current company he's working for. What, do, what does a typical, so somebody new got a CCNA, what do they usually do? What's the typical career path like? What, you know, take us down the line of like this job, then that job, and you know, the, the career follow trajectory, well, if you will. This would depend on the company itself. Um, I would say most overall, if it's a small company, um, especially if it's like a startup or something like that and things of that nature, you could be the uh, entry-level person. Um, let's say, let's just go to the more normal case. Let's just do that. Let's go to the more normal case. More, more than likely, if you're a networking person, you come in and you're entry-level. Um, they'll have you do, of course, it sounds obvious, entry-level things. And what I mean by that is they'll have you... For instance, to have you trail somebody in the sense, somebody who's already established there, knows what's going on. Uh, they'll have you follow, you know, see what they're doing. And they'll sort of put you like in a training mode, especially if they know you're new to networking. They're not going to, if they're a good company, not trying to be, you know, a-holes or whatever you want to call it, or not trying to just bombard you with work, uh, which some companies got no choice but to because they don't have enough people. So they they have to, you know, get you in there and, hey, get, start you running. So sometimes those are the best environment because you get to learn pretty quickly and get your experience up very quickly. So, um, which we'll talk about that later if we have time to, because that, that could be um, some things people might want to look for. But we'll talk about that later. Um, you might want that in a job, actually, especially if you're entry level. You might want to get bombarded with stuff. Um, and I'm not talking about 
stuff that would have you, you know, bringing networks down and hopefully they don't do that to you. But when you come in, you can expect to trail somebody, meaning somebody that's already there working. Let's say, for instance, Gary, we have, uh, I'm new to the company. I'm an entry level uh, for this job, for networking. Well, I know as the manager and I know as the rest of the team, I shouldn't give you, <laughs> right? We have this new company or contract coming in with this third party. They have all these applications and these services that we that they're providing for us. We need you to set up a design and the whole, you know, architect of how this is going to connect. They're not. They're not. You're not going to be doing that. Uh, there's plenty of things that can go wrong. You can mess up stuff that you're not even trying to mess with. That's not even part of the project, just because you know you don't understand the network. You're new to you know. So what they're going to have you be doing? Let's say there's a new project, right? And they got all these things going on. You'll probably be to the side assisting with things like logging into the switch and getting all the port um, information, right? Meaning get the, see what all interfaces are on this switch, right? So we can log in. That would be your job as an entry level person. Go in there to the switch, right? Look at all the interfaces that are switch ports, right? Look at all the, which are interface ports that are layer two. Uh, we're not going to get into all that, but just, just an instance, right? Or go in there and look at all the layer three interfaces and write down all the information for those. Something that's basic that you can't really, you can still mess it up if you if you get a little big headed and say, hey, this looks like it's messed up and you don't want to change something, which you shouldn't do it as an entry-level person. Just do what they ask you to do. So they get, ask you to get in there and jot down how the interface is configured, maybe do some show commands to see, you know, how the configuration is of maybe a few routing protocols, Maybe they'll ask you to get in there and ping a certain IP from this switch. You know, maybe they might get in there and even tell you to activate this interface, right? Turn this interface on. Don't do nothing else to it, but just turn these interfaces on. Maybe make this interface access, access this VLAN, right? They'll have you do entry-level stuff, right? And it's not really because, well, it is really because they don't really want you <laughs> messing up stuff. You know, getting into stuff. You are entry level after all, and they don't just just do this all the time for entry level people. Sometimes they do this for even advanced people, right? But usually for these people, it's just for like the first one or two things, they'll give you something small just to make sure, and then they'll give you the big stuff. But if you're entry level, they'll just give you a lot of small stuff, like check this switch, see what this house configured, check this port, do this, you know, check to see how this is running, and things of that nature. Something small something you know they have to do. And it's more just so you can get familiar with locking into the devices. So you can get familiar with how the structure of how this company's run, you know, how all their branches are connected to each other. It's more to get you familiar with knowing how networking is, how the politics of, you know, the, you know, the IT branches and, you know, how you go up the chain of command. And if you have an issue with this, you know, if you see an issue, you know, how to work with the ticket system. It's more to get you because it's not just everything you're doing. You got to do a lot of documentation. You have to do a lot of uh, verifying and uh, uh, checking, you know, things and seeing how the teams operate and seeing the policies that they have in place. So if you're entry level, they're going to have you come in there. It's not really to say because they don't believe you don't know anything, which, you know, you, you do know stuff. You got to cert, but it's more so to get you sort of to weave, sort of to, you know, you don't want to just. Uh, you got somebody who's trying to get into boxing, right? Let's say he he done he done saw the course, he saw it online. Oh man, 
you know what? I want to try that, you know? Well, let me go get in some good shape before I go out there and start going to the gym and looking like an idiot, right? Or you don't, or you can just go in there and they'll help you out, but maybe you just want to get ready, right? So you can get a little workout in, you know, so you start to see how people train in boxing. So you go to the gym finally and say, hey, I want to start learning boxing. Well, okay, they're not just going to throw you to the wolves and say, hey, spar this, you know, three-time champion. No, they're going to say, all right, this first let's work on doing a couple and it literally looked like baby steps. Just show you how to walk forward, you know, or to throw a little small, slow punch forward just to get the they just they're not saying that you can't do it. They just want to make sure you don't mess nothing up by just jumping to the big boss. So you're getting an entry level, you'll do entry level stuff as far as just doing basic things is checking this, checking that, maybe change this configuration here, they're on a small scale, very small scale. And again, that's mainly just to get you used to how things are run get you used to actually logging into a, a, a production environment. And because let's be honest, Gary, you may know you just got a certification training, but knowing that you can mess something up and cause a lot of money loss. And if it's medical or something that's, you know, you know, uh, like uh, um, police, you know, you know, or ambulance, something like that, you mess something up, banks, it could, a lot of people could lose money, lose lives. Or you could just have a network go down and drop a company. So that 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 mental state actually could probably play a bigger role in why you, you, there's entry levels for all kinds of jobs. Because they know that pressure of messing up something when you just don't know that you, you know you're entry level. You know that you're getting a task to do something. You know just logging into that device for, for the first time. You know, you might have a, a little scared just to type anything in. <laughs> so... It's just to get the out there, entry-level jobs, get you entry-level things to get, not only get you used to how the companies run, but also to get the jitters out of your system, you know, to say, hey, see, it's not that bad. Now we'll, now we'll pick you up a step, you know, but over time, you know. So you, you, you can expect to do small-scale stuff, but trust me, it'd be, it won't seem like small-scale stuff, you know, because it, it might eventually get tedious, yes, um, if, if it's the same small stuff, but, um, trust me, it, it, it will, uh, depend on the person, but for the most cases, once you get the jitters out, I think, I believe that's the most work you'd be doing is usually verifying, logging in to like a switch, checking interfaces, possibly configuring the interface to access certain VLANs um, and shut VLANs down or shut interfaces down, turn on the interfaces, um, maybe go in there, connect cables, uh, even up, upload um, the operating system to the switches, to, you know, OS, iOSs to the routers, um, things of that nature. You're probably doing stuff like that. They'll probably not have you doing too much of production stuff on a serious, excuse me, on a serious scale, just to let you know. Uh, when it comes to production stuff, you'll be doing small scale stuff, as I just mentioned, nothing too crazy. Um, more for the psyche of the new employee who's 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 new to the job field, because um, you don't want to get the world thrown at you as an as an entry level person. Uh, on a serious level, um, some companies have to do it because um, they don't have the funds and they don't they're not big enough to hire big and and. They might not even know what they really need, so they might hire each of a person because they have a CCNA, and and there's not much. And if they don't have other engineers to help guide them along the way, 
it could either be good or catastrophic for that entry level person. Um, but most companies they bring them along slowly if they're you know if they have if they if they if they can afford to do that. I appreciate that. So I'll let him know the um, the podcast so he can go through it and. Maybe that's why he hasn't gotten a job yet because he's maybe, like you said, he's uh, he's a little leery, <laughs> or maybe people haven't hired him or whatever. Who knows? No idea what the reason well, is. Well, the, the, has he actually applied for any yet, or how does that has he has he done it? I think he's one of those individuals that applies one time and expects one job. You know, those those type of jobs or type oh, of individuals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you got to apply, apply, apply. Because see, here's the thing about it. You could be an established person and, and go through this period of just applying, 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 and not getting. Because here's, it's sort of like these companies get abundance of applications, right? And a lot of times they don't even look at them. You know, it's sometimes it's recruiters. It's it goes through their, they have like some 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 of these companies have programs or what you call it, that go through these resumes. And if it doesn't match certain amount of words or whatever the case may be, it doesn't need to get selected to be looked at by by a human, you know. Um, so once it does get selected by a human, sometimes they'll just skip, you know, quickly go through it if it don't catch your eye, you know. So you, you got to go through a lot of, which I, you know, it is what it is, you know. Um, some some recruiters like fancy, beautiful looking ones. So if it don't look beautiful, fancy, they're just skip over it. Some are like ah, they don't like all the beautiful fancy stuff, so they. Just look over if it's not if it's if it doesn't look dull, you know, boring. So, if you put in a resume or a, or a, a application for a job, and it don't get selected, I say this: just think of it as they just didn't look at it because it wasn't beautiful enough, or just because it was too beautiful your, your resume. So you just just took it as you they didn't have a chance to look at your resume, you know. It just didn't get looked at, so you just got to try another company or try them again later, right? If they haven't reached out to you. now, if they reached out to you and told you no. Right, you do have to interview. If they said no, then you know what, go for another company, right? Because usually, I don't know how that works, but if they say no, usually they don't allow you to come right back instantly, maybe in the future, maybe, but or maybe they might try a lower level job if they didn't like it for that one. But usually, if you don't hear nothing back from them at all, if you apply for it, not even a hello, they probably just didn't catch your resume, right? So Try them again or try other companies, but you got to try more than one, right? You can't just do one and, and, and call it quits after that. that that's for sure. Yeah, that might be the individual. It might be, I, I just gather that's how the individual is. But anyway, so tell me, like, what, what does the CCNA do? Like, uh, okay, how, typically how many switches or routers does the CCNA manage usually? What's that like? What's that look like? Or what models or whatever? Or what as protocols, much, if you will? As much as, they, as much as they can handle. No, they usually handle as many as their... Um, well, I look at it like this. If a company has, for instance, let's say they have like 50 branches, right? And they have a total of... No, let's say they have 20 branches. And they have a total of... Let's say 200 switches, right? Um, or 250 switches. Well, I would say they will probably be managing, touching, troubleshooting to some degree, looking into, not every day, but on a expected case on a year, 
let's say they work for a whole year for the company, I would say they probably touch around on an entry level. Um, not all of them because that would just be, you know, I mean, they, either the company just has a horrible setup to where they just got a manager or they're going, either that or they're going through a complete um, upgrade of all their equipment. So they're, they're just happen to be hired during that project, but, or be working for them during that time. But um, on average, I would probably say maybe around 50, 60 of those switches you'll probably get into. Of 250, you'll probably get about, you know, 50, 60 of them. If it's, you know, if, if they're not going through any major upgrades to where they're doing a mass overhaul, you know, of all their switching gear, you know, whatnot, I think of the nature, and or if they just don't have a completely messed up network to where everything's messed up, like all the networks everywhere just crumbling, always needing to be looked into, always need to be, you know, they got ports shutting down all the time because they got security on it where it shouldn't, or it does, but some, they always plug stuff in and out, all the switches everywhere, nobody, there's no organization, there's no policies. It's just, a, it's Wild Wild West out there. So if it's a Wild Wild West company, you can expect that number to increase. But I would say um, on a normal company where it's not a lot of issues, nothing crazy anyway, it's just normal operations, you'll have issues every week, but nothing crazy. I'll probably drop that number down to like 30 switches. 30, 40 switches you probably get into. Um, and most of those would probably be just for an entry level, either turning on a port, turning off a port, um, maybe checking, you know, the stats, to the uh, statistics of the port, um, and maybe looking at a few, you know, um, logs, to keep it short, looking at logs on the switches, you know, um, If it's like a new install, they might have you. Now, if it's a new, fresh install, entry level people will probably be at the forefront to configure the switch, you know, because it's new, it's not connected yet, it's not production. So, for new stuff, they'll probably be there configuring the new switches. They'll probably have a team member along with you. Get, they'll give you like a template. Here's how you configure the switch, and they'll give it to you to configure it. Now, what I would do if that was I, I would go through the template, look at everything in there, and see if I understand everything, what every command is doing. What is what are all these commands doing on the switch? Do I know it? Do I don't know it? You know, let, let me familiarize myself with this particular configuration they're trying to tell me to upload on the switch. Because a lot of times with entry level positions, they have the engineers or the architects or whatever, and sometimes even even administrators or the analysts or whatever. Usually, like the engineers, they'll still give you know the entry level people a template on how to configure switches, right? New switches. You know, a new, a new fresh install, right? So they'll give them that and tell them to configure that. And then they'll go over their configuration and see how they've done it. If they mess up anything, which they shouldn't because they're just looking at the template, pretty much putting it in there. So they have them do that as well. But while they're doing that, I would tell people to actually look at the configurations and see what the configuration is doing and what it's and what the actual company's plan is for this, you know, new design and see how the configuration, uh, um, compliments and uh, allows what the company's trying to do to happen. Meaning, does the configuration accomplish what the company's trying to do with these applications? Does it allow it to happen? And if it does, see the commands that they have in that template and see what those commands are about. Learn them if you don't already know them. And if you do know them, now you get to see how they work in the actual production environment. So they also do that as well. If there's a fresh new install for anything, a new switch, 
or things of that nature. Sometimes they'll give you a template. They already have it all designed out. All you got to do is take the commands from that template and put them on the switch. So it's pretty much copy and paste. But as we all know, you can't just copy and paste everything. And sometimes, you know, the syntax, you know, uh, you know, so you got to take sections of it, put it in there, look at it, make sure it's all right, put it in there. They'll let, they'll, they'll allow people to do that entry level because um, it's pretty much a already set set up design. You just have to put it in there correctly. So just, you know, look at the command, put it in there, things of that nature. Um, troubleshooting, you could expect them to do some troubleshooting. And most of the troubleshooting will be a lot of my in like cases. What I could see is, uh, um, they won't give them nothing too crazy, especially if it's like a something that's emergency needs to be fixed right away. But you should go to the engineers or not. But if it's something that's small that cleaner, they'll they'll give that to an engineer person as well sometimes to see. Hey, can you check on this? Look into this. See if they can figure it out. There's not an urgent issue. It could take they could take two or three days to get it fixed. They need to figure it out. Or they could take all day to get it, you know, to work on it. They got time to work on it. They give an issue like that on the switch, meaning somebody has issue connecting to this web server that we have. Or it's just one user. They give them that ticket to look into it, right? So they might just start looking at the see if the connection's good on the uh, cable to the computer. Um, they could do that by logging into the switch, or they can ask somebody to check it locally if they're not there locally. Um, so they have them do stuff like that, you know, to troubleshooting on a low level. Um, um, and if they have high level stuff to troubleshoot, they might bring the entry level person in and say, hey, listen in on this call, see how they go about troubleshooting this complex issue that needs to be fixed right away or else they're going to lose millions of dollars. So they might have they might have entry level people listen in on phone calls for troubleshooting. They might have them come and listen in on, you know, certain stuff like that. Uh, that's one thing, other thing they can expect. How about routers? What what do they do with routers usually? New uh, new individuals. Um, sort of the same in a sense. I would probably say even less probably touching the routers. Um, more so if it's entry level, it could be the same. Checking, uh, I have them go in there check see how they see a certain network. Just do a show command, see how they see the route for this network or for this IP or not. Um. If it's any configuration changes that'll be made, it'd be template based, really. Um, it'd be here's a template for. Um, I'm trying to think of this. Here's a template for. Because usually for new designs with routing and stuff of that nature, you're not really going to give a template to a entry level person. Um, you could. Um, and I guess they still would do that if they needed to. Um, But for routing, I would say you'll be in there doing show commands as well. Though, if there's issues, have you go in there? Hey, somebody's this this network's having an issue with connecting or can't be seen to something like that nature. They can't connect to the server or they can't connect to the internet or to this vendor's um, services. Um, they might say, hey, can you go in this router and check to see if there's even a route for this network? So you have to go in there and, you know, check to see if the route's there. Um, or they'll give you um, the configuration aspect of things for net, net, for routing and switching is, is it's a little tricky for entry-level people because they don't really want them to do too much configuration, especially if they're entry-entry level. Uh, even if it's template-based, um, then give them a small scale template stuff because as we all know, 
there's been plenty of issues before people copy templates and just paste it and messes up stuff because uh, the syntax, you know, for whatever reason, when they pasted it, didn't do it right. So the individual person, if that happens, they might have not have the technical skills to figure out how to fix it if something messes up by doing that. So entry-level people, they try to keep configuration changes minimal when it comes to production on a big scale, like routing and like messing with core switching and things of that nature. Um, when it comes to switching, it'll be more in switches, like access switches. There'll be more changing of access switches, meaning the switches that are closest to the users, they'll most likely be changing those. Uh, once it starts getting more to the core of the network, they'll probably just allow them to do show commands on those or yeah, showing stuff and not really allowing them to change much networking stuff on the core networks. And since most of the routing is on the core area or above or around the core, you know, um, and not really on the edge near the user, there's not much routing they're gonna be um, giving to change on a, on a mass production scale. That'd be more like the engineers doing that um, in a sense, just because it's, it's too risky to, you know, have entry level people going there and changing routing and stuff of that nature, things of that nature. Um, but for routing entry level, they could do, they'll, they'll, they'll have a lot of time to do a lot of troubleshooting in a sense. Um, when I say troubleshooting, there's an issue. Uh, they might give it to them to look into it um, or have a, somebody troubleshooting it and then following along the person who's actually troubleshooting it so they can get more familiar with how to troubleshoot that type of issue. Um, so it's not that entry level is handicapped and that they don't, uh, it's that they have to take their time, the entry level people, they're, they're sort of like, uh, what do you call people from college uh, who go uh, work at a company, internship. It's sort of like a, entry level sort of like an internship, meaning they don't give you all the crazy hard work, the work that can potentially be, you know, easy to mess up if you have like one bid off or anything of that nature. Um, and they tend to let you be mentored more closely um, and they give you more work that's more, um, less prone for causing, you know, uh, massive incidents, massive outages, more so to say. For the safety of both parties. <laughs> If you're like a new person and you buy a switching router, let's say, would you recommend using these same tools or same uh, policies, practices, if you will? For instance, maybe what would you recommend? So you pretend you buy a switching router, let's just say, and you've decided to buy a switching router. You're going to get a job, let's say CCNA, whatever. You got to get the CCNA. What? In your home lab, if you will, for you have a, you have a, a switch and a router. What would you do? You just take inventory of it, and you would the show commands, if you will. You would you would write those down, or what would you do when you when you change the the commands right in a switch or a router? How do they usually do it? Do they do it in a notepad and then they upload it, a copy and paste, or do they do it some other way? How do they usually do that? So you're saying somebody has their own switch router or you're just at a company or something like that? Or Well, at a company, right? But how would they do it? Yeah, at a company, how do they usually do it? 
Well, uh, from all things. Well, there's many ways you can go about changing the stuff. <laughs> ways you should and shouldn't. Uh, <laughs> some people just gun it, you know. Meaning, meaning sometimes people just. Um, and I don't. I'm not saying anybody should do it this way, but um, there are some times where there's not much planning or anything goes into the or any pre-writing down anything plays a part in some uh, people's configuration of things. Sometimes they just get in there and make changes, right? Oh, here's the issue. Let me just go in. I know how to fix it. Let me just get in there and fix it, right? Um, here's what I say to that. Uh, <laughs> maybe if you're really, really experienced, I'll, I'll, I'll be okay. But still, you have to follow the company's policies and put tickets in things of that nature. Um, but the entry level, I'd say no, go all day. Don't do that. Um, I would say that for anybody, really, but especially entry level is too risky. Um, most people in most companies, what people usually do to make changes, even the smallest of changes, even if it's like accessing the interface, right? Just turning the interface on or having to access a VLAN or, uh, right? Usually you bring up a notepad or whatever you use to, you know, write stuff down on. And you type down, write out, whatever the case may be, you're going to change, right? And you also make a copy of what's currently on the system before you make the change, right? Just, just to make sure if you mess it up, you have a, you, you, you back, you, well, I would say back the system up, back it up, and also write down what you're about to change uh, before you change it and after you change it. But yeah, usually you write down what you're changing or the configuration you're putting on there. You look at it, you look at look over it again. Make sure it's compatible with the. Make sure it's compatible with the system you're about to put it on, which you should, you should be uh, should be if if you know what you're putting it on, and um, then once you look over it, some companies have it to where it has to be you know checked by another engineer or tech person. They'll check it, and verify it as well, and then then you'll go ahead after that. You know maybe some companies have change um, um, policies to where it has to be approved through a ticketing system have to go through um, um, a change, change board, change board, meaning you have to go to the uh, board uh, to change uh, a change board, meaning uh, there's certain companies who, a lot of companies have, have it to where you submit a certain change and it has to be approved and go through a, a few people before it can get approved. And they have meetings for changes sometimes, meaning they have like a meeting, a changing meeting to where um, all changes that affect, you know, can affect the company's overall infrastructure have to be approved you know by the change board in the sense um aside from your manager and director or whatnot um so there's there's safeguards and there's things but yeah sometimes you can just get in there and just change it you know um i wouldn't recommend it especially for an entry-level person because you can always miss something forget something um that could cause a lot of uh, <laughs> issues <laughs> So the best thing to do is if you want to make changes on any scale, I would definitely type them out first on the notepad or whatever you got or write them down if you have to and see what you're changing and jot that down to what you before you change it, make a copy of it, back it up, whatever, and then make the change uh, once you know that's what you need to do. Okay, cool. Good. I'll, uh, I'll pass on the information to the colleague that I, or friend that I know works at Walmart who has a CCNA and who works at Walmart. 
<laughs> so yeah, I appreciate that. Well, Johnny, um, anything else you wanted to tell everybody before uh, we wrap this podcast up? Oh no, that's it. That's it. Um, just uh, people. When a job is out there, these companies are looking. Um, here's the thing about applying for a job. There's different levels. There's different criterias for all companies. You may have an entry-level position or a company, let me rephrase it. A company may have an entry-level position or it may seem as an entry-level position. But sometimes those those jobs can be more than entry-level. What I mean is you can be seen as an entry-level, but when you get there, you have a lot of responsibilities in the sense that you're in charge of this, you're in charge of that. Not in charge, but they're giving you work to do that could cause some stuff to you know to 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 break if you mess it up, right? Um, so it's not that it's all going to be just boring work, um, uh, or you may see it as boring work. Um, entry level jobs, they're out there. A lot of companies offer them. Um, some are to give you small tasks. Some don't. Some mix it up. But nonetheless, they're out there. And if you apply for one, it's not enough. You got to do multiple. Um, how how many would you suggest, Gary? Uh, I would say 200 a week, five or 200 jobs a week. Ooh, Gary's up there. Gary don't play. So you, you got to apply to jobs. So you got to apply a lot, a lot. I mean, because once you start doing that, Gary, you start to familiarize yourself with Maybe, you know what, maybe I don't want to work for this kind of a company. Oh, you know what? No, okay. Oh, I see what they want. Let me see if I know how to do this. Okay. So you start to familiar yourself with the technologies all these companies are looking for. And you can start, now you get to start feeling what you, you know, are comfortable with, what you see, what you think you might need to learn more on. Um, and once you start interacting with these companies, when they start calling you up, sending you emails, text messages, start talking with the recruiters or the HR department directly with the company, hiring managers, you start to get a feel of, okay, you had an interview. Ah, oh man, I messed up on that question because I didn't know it. Or oh, I thought I knew it, but I didn't know it because I thought I knew it. Time to, time to go back to the study board, do some more research, do some more studying, get more prepared. Next interview, you think you're good to go. All right, the last guy got me. They will get me this time. Got my pants pulled all the way up. Got the Spencer's buckled all the way on. You think you're ready? You think this other job going to have the same exact questions as the last one? It's going good. First two, three questions that got you. Boom. You're good to go. You answer them. Fourth question. Boom. Oh, what? Oh, man. Dang. I thought he, oh, man. You stumble. Next question. You got it. Boom. Interview went good. You only got one question back. They said they liked you. They said they didn't like you. Don't matter. Guess what? Now you understand the interviews. They're not all the same, right? You have some you you, you, you kill, you master. You have some you don't kill, you don't master. You have some you had no idea what the heck they were talking about in the interview. You were just like, what the? I didn't even know what kind of job was this. I thought this was a completely different job. Okay, you lost that one, didn't want no clue, but guess what? You got to keep applying because it gets you more experience. Um, now, it's, I mean, we're not saying that you're going to be applying to all these jobs and nobody's going to want you, hit you up. No, 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 no. You're going you're to find one eventually. It's, you you could find one on the first one, second one, third one. It, you know, it just depends. Um, but don't stop. Definitely don't stop on the first one. Don't stop on the two hundredth one, right? Um, but if you if you if you apply, 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 don't just keep applying 
the same way though. After a certain amount of time, if you haven't got any replies at all, I mean any, then you need to maybe dig in deeper to see what your resume is missing or what you're not really, maybe you're not applying for the right jobs or whatever the case may be. But if you got some replies back, but you haven't got hired yet, then you need to say, okay, because you couldn't know everything you need to know technically, but maybe you just didn't come out the right way, you know, or whatever it can be. So, but that, that, that's where it comes to a more of a consulting, you know, getting to know you exactly as a person and see where you, you go wrong. Cause you can't, we can't, you can't really speak for everybody in general, just off of not knowing much more information, but don't stop at one job though. <laughs> one company, one application. Uh, no matter if you get any contact or not, you got to keep applying. You got to keep searching and looking. Good times, good times. Well, we're going to wrap it up. Thanks everybody for listening to this podcast. Have a great day. All right, guys. Talk to y'all later.